Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to Ed Arlene's Spirit Cast. If you're new to this podcast, we talk about all things related to mindfulness, magic, astrology, tarot, Reiki, meditation, anything in that realm. Today we have an awesome guest. Do you want to tell our listeners her name? Nikki Ojeda. And she also goes by Tatiara. Yes. Um, and it's a really cool story with her name. She actually talks about it in the episode um, with how she acquired Tatiara. Uh, which is really awesome, magical, yeah. interesting. Yes, yes, like <laughs> her. I think yeah, just like her. We we're so grateful to have her on the show, and she's such a well. Like we always say, she's a wealth of knowledge. It's really exciting, and it's amazing how the guests find us. Like we always say that every single time, pretty much. But it's nine times out of ten, we are being guided, or they're being guided to us. So it's amazing how the universe works and how interconnected everything is. Yeah, we met her... um, At one of our witch events. mm -hmm. It was just... We just started talking. Well, you were trying to convince another buddy to be on the show. And so hopefully we can get this friend on um, eventually when she's ready. Because she specifically does hoodoo. And we have yet to get a guest that is focused on that. Um, And she's really, really knowledgeable. I hope... For everybody. <laughs> that she's able to grace our platform. Yes, yeah. But you were talking to her about being on the episode. Oh, I was doing my best. My best to convince her. I think I was sitting I, at the snack table just like eating shit. Just eating shit. I'm over there watching me try to finesse her. Yeah. I can be convincing sometimes. And I was trying You're a good so hard. I'm a phenomenal salesperson mm-hmm. somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's um, a Leo placement or something in my chart. I have no clue. Someone could tell me that eventually. Oh, well. But I was trying so hard to convince her to do it. Like, I understand why there's apprehension, you know, especially when it comes to, like, this realm of things. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to be ostracized or um, judged in any way. So we're just waiting. I'm convinced. Maybe within the next couple months. Arlene will do it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, We'll have two Arlene's on the show. I don't Uh, care. I love her. I know. We we both do, obviously. She's an awesome person. Um, but yeah, so you were trying to get her on. I'm just snacking. And then um, Nikki started talking to us yeah. out of the blue. And she's like, I do podcasts. <laughs> like, um, yes. But she was also telling us about her practice and stuff like that. And it just, we just meshed really well. And we've been very excited to um, share her episode with you guys. We had a setback. As you, our longtime listeners know, we had to postpone the interview because of my little accident, um, which, you know, <laughs> it's, it's going good. Oh, it's yeah, I'm good. fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, she's on now and uh, she does, she has like different types of reading. She's very knowledgeable on a lot of different things within this like realm. Um, but one of the things that I find really interesting and I had to like consciously try not to ask her about it because she's more than just this one thing she does but um she does past life readings and then um she offers like healings with those readings to heal things that come up from your past lives so it's different than past life regression which she will explain in the episode yeah um and it's just really cool like the whole idea of our other like selves affecting us now and uh like I said she does a really great job of explaining um kind of embodying what was the term she used uh soul esteem soul esteem and well she we explained on the episode we don't want to divulge too much we want you to get in there and listen to this juicy episode but um 
I just like her her the way she thinks. Very I like the inspiring. Way she thinks. Extremely inspiring. Mm-hmm. And but she does do um, courses and readings and classes. Um, she has one coming up June fourth. She's one coming up June fourth at the ceremonial ceremonial magic well metaphysical store. Um, in Pittsburgh. So you yeah. can go check that out too. We're going to have everything linked down below. We will, yeah. And that one in particular is dealing with um, Athena and Medusa. And like Arlene said, we don't want to spoil the episode. No. We're just getting that in there June 4th. Link down below. Um, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find us at? Yeah. You can follow us over on Twitter at edpro underscore pgh. We tweet a lot. You can follow us on Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, Facebook, TikTok, at at Arlene. You can follow us over on YouTube where we post Reiki Infused videos almost every single day. Go like and subscribe and get the juice. And then you go to our website at Arlene.com. We send out a free Reiki session on the first of every single month. So you can go over there and sign up for email list to get that. And thank you to our patrons. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, I think and we, listeners. We had a, um, a new person sign up for the other, like through the podcast app. Oh, yes. And um, thank you for everybody signing up through our podcast platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps us. Like, we really yeah. appreciate it. Any amount, like, it's, we're so grateful. Yeah. Even if you're listening to this, we're grateful. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I don't have anything else to tell listeners. I think we should get in on it. I think we should get in the episode. Yeah. All right. Here's some ads and then we'll Nikki. be back. Okay, guys, this is an ad. We believe in supporting small business. And today we're talking about the small business called Garage Cats. They make 100% organic Handmade lip balm using hemp and cocoa butter. It smells amazing. It lasts for a very long time. They use eco-friendly paper tubes. They're pretty much awesome. If you are interested in supporting this business, you can find the link below or go to garagecats.etsy.com. We just want to take a quick moment to invite everyone listening to check out our shop at edarlene.com. If you like what we do, it is one of the easiest ways to support us. Plus, you will get our awesome handcrafted 100% vegan soy candles, our prints, books, oracle cards, and book a Reiki session. All of this can be found at edarlene.com and linked in the show notes. Okay. All right, guys, we're back with Nikki Ojeda. All right. Well, first of all, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk about the, everything I'm passionate about. Um, so I'm a tarot and past life reader. I've been doing it since I was 15 years old. And, um, you know, I've evolved my business a lot. And I just really like to get people in touch with their spiritual, you know, selves, but their special magic within that um, lots of times we have things on top of us, societal programming and everything like that. And um, with the tarot readings, you know, I, I like to say nothing's set in stone. We come in with certain things that we're sort of contracted to go through, but how they manifest is never set in stone. So um, it's like a glance at your trajectory and um, empowering insight on how you might influence the um, energies that are coming your way. And with my past life readings, Sometimes we find we have stuck energies and patterns that don't seem to have a discernible cause or it's somewhat puzzling or no matter what healing we do, we keep coming up on the same blocks. Well, um, past life um, insights can really help us 
get in there and move that stuck energy. Uh, it takes a little bravery and willingness to uh, feel things, even if you don't know what they are. So, um, you know, it's about that second step in um, leveling up and being your truth. Okay. And I offer online readings and I create a optional essential oils or flower essences based on those energies to help you make archetypal shifts. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Yes. Wow. Um, so how did you get into past life reading specifically? Okay. Um, I had past life memories as a small child um, of being in Egypt and uh, seeing King Tut on the cover of National Geographic and I'm crying looking through it because everything's broken. I'm trying to tell my mom and, you know, she's not getting it uh, or stamping it down if she does get it. And then I had another one not much later about uh, being like in Holland or something. And there's like tulips and windmills. And I told my mom, remember when you were my sister and we were running down the hill um, holding hands and everything? <laughs> so then I found out we have Dutch ancestry, which brings up another question. Do we reincarnate on ancestral lines? And I think sometimes we do, but not always. But that's okay. kind of, it, it, then we, I, I was lucky enough. Here's the thing. Um, I was lucky enough to be in a group of people who were to, able to foster uh, those abilities within me, like, you know, older mentors. Because I feel like these are um, abilities that we all can develop, but some of us have more of a proclivity. But if you never have the space to develop it, it's not going to happen. So deep thanks to the mentors and group of friends who we all sort of went through that together. Okay. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. Um, like if you've listened to small children, oftentimes they will say things that are, that do sound very much like past life. Um, I mean, in our experience, we've had that with our siblings. We had a sibling tell our mom once when she was a child, uh, you're my favorite mom. And I always <laughs> thought that was really interesting. And my mom's like, I'm your only mom. And she's like, no, no, <laughs> no. And, you know, um, and then we had another family member who, uh, when he was a child, he would say to our other relative, do you remember when I was your dad? Like, so weird stuff that children can say. And if you listen, there's something there. And it, also with like spirits too, I feel like children can often touch base with like energies that are around and we just kind of write them off. But it's like, no, there's something that they're carrying. Um, yeah, children are very open and uh, that just reflects i believe you know our innate tendencies that get covered up due to societal conditioning and you know um those types of um abilities being seen as evil in many religions or traditions or even just uh, non-scientific in other mentalities and i'm a big believer of like both and like i love science i love spirituality but you know i don't like dogma in either one Oh, yeah, I agree, for sure. And kids are dogma-free. It's magical. Yes, yeah, they're just, I feel like very, like, loving, too, when they're small. There's, like, this love that, like, children can, like, radiate, and yeah. then we somehow lose it, like, as we get older. But, um, yeah, so you said when you were a child, like, when you were younger, you were having past life memories. Mm -hmm. um, so you we were talking before the episode and you were speaking about a book that you wrote an essay for and it was um it's about like religion and then people kind of like moving into their own practice so growing up how did like your family and um how did they react to some of the stuff you were saying did you have a very religious household growing up 
Um, what was that experience like? So um, my family were um, very much in the most guilt-inducing and existence-deaffirming branch of Christianity. I know there's worse, and, and they're not terrible people, but I came into break cycles. I came here to totally just, uh, you know, talking about strict roles and strict molds to try to be put in, and I just wasn't having any of that as a kid. Mm -hmm. But there was a period of time where um, I did drink the Kool-Aid and was very Christian. I had my little Bible and my little shawl and, and everything. Um, <laughs> but by the time I was 10, I knew it was BS. Mm. So wow! Um, well, you, you learn early. That's young, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I had a lot of um, interesting experiences that were where I had this awareness, and it would go away, and it would come back. Like when I was five, I remember being really sad and wishing I could die and be reborn in a different family. So, oh wow! And, you know, they're not the most terrible people by any means. It's just that blindness and that um, limited limitations on spirit and spiritual experiences not being validated but someone else's tradition is supposed to provide that and, and i'm not anti-religion i believe that the best of it provides inspiration and guidance and a container for people to love and share but that seems to be rare it seems to be more like uh you know it's all about judging and it's all about you know um including excluding or trying to change others and I came here with the North Node and Aquarius ready to bust all those boundaries. So here I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an intense, like, North Node. Yes. <laughs> and my next question is, do you think, like, these past lives influenced, like, gave you that strength to break down those barriers? Like, even though you didn't remember them, like, to the core, do you think, like, that energy stayed with you? I would have to say yes. Um, mm -hmm. There are other past lives I've remembered since that probably... Uh, tie into the particular um, arena of religion and stuff like that more than the ones I named. Um, you know, just I finally had to own my soul contract. Even though I've been doing this since I was 15, I, it took me longer to really own it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is, of course. And the past life stuff was a little bit harder to own than being a tarot reader. And okay. finally it all evolved to where it's, um, I tap into a symbolic mythical mindset, you know, whether it's, I, I encourage other people to do that. It's like what it boils down to is what do you want the myth of your life to be is a mm. question that, you know, what is it, what's the symbolism behind your existence? You know, wh how does the soul speak through you? And those are the kind of things that, you know, I just find after so much time, that's usually what's in the way of people, for people. It's not like, oh, I need to become x it's more like i need to get this out of the way so that my truth will shine and i don't have to worry about becoming just authentically being mm. that's really powerful yeah yeah it is it's like just being versus like a goal really it's just living authentically yeah and that brings up another thing the shame based culture that we're in whether it's religion or not it often is but even none of us are um you know, free from this exposure of the shaming of how you ought to be, how you ought to be productive or spending your time. I mean, you could fill in that blank with anything. And really, that gets in the way of us having soul esteem. Mm -hmm. So we have this self-esteem that's sort of ego-based, where it's like, oh, I have to do something to be enough. I have to prove my worth whereas with you had that soul esteem you're worthy and valuable just because you are here and that's where you have to come from 
and I'm all about doing deep shadow work. But I tell people you have to work on the self-esteem a little bit first um, because the shadow work does bring everything back up and it tends to re-traumatize. But if you do it in the most brave and uh, growth mindset and self radical self-acceptance oriented energies, then it's like the most empowering thing. Because if you don't get in there and shake up that energy, it's healing um, only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you have to get in there and like, like being okay with who you are without like outside validation is something that is very empowering. And at the end of the day, everybody is like so unique. Like it'd be easy to to feel like you weren't enough, but it's also easy to see all of the uniqueness and all of the like awesome qualities that you do have if you allow yourself space to like do that. Uh, we were talking recently, we're actually going to do an episode on um, some like work we were doing with Aphrodite, mm-hmm. or I was, in regards to um, like self-love and your body, how every human body is perfect, how it is. And it all tells a story. Our hair, our freckles, like everything has this like history and there's the marks we have, you know, I think like a, a woman who gives birth, you know, she might have new marks on her body from that, like that she gave life. So it's sacred and it shouldn't be shamed or, um, you know, and, and it's not just like women, like all like men, everybody, but we're so conditioned to have this is what is beautiful. This is what you're worth. Um, and it goes like that with other things too. Like you mentioned like money and work and things like that, that are all kind of like externally, but we all are so like beautiful and all so um, like unique. And that's what makes us special is that you're never going to be this way again. You know, you are you how you are, even in this moment. Um, so yeah, I really, that really resonated with what, um, I've been working on and I'm glad you like shared that with us. And see, there's another piece that's not talked about is totally honoring where you're at. It's not easy. It's like, we tend to, like, we have negative emotions. First thing we do is judge ourselves for having them. And I'm guilty of that, you know, and there's that whole spiritual bypassing thing where it's like beautiful practices are almost misused to like distract you from the healing required. And, you know, I'm, I've become very attuned to how important embodiment is Mm -hmm. and so i hold these archetypal embodiment workshops i did one um it was on isis and aphrodite which were syncretized in crete or greece but that's another story it was almost like a deity with its own energy but we tapped into the energies that are sort of above and the energies that are more in the womb space or you know that Dantian, doesn't matter your gender, if you have a womb still, any of that. It's all about the energies, the body wisdom. It's not as separate as we think it is, but it was called Uniting Your Mystical Selves. And we just do these almost like a moving meditational shamanic journey to tie in energies that tend to be conflicted within ourselves because we're kind of out of our bodies so much. You know, someone who can work out two hours a day, they're not if they're not coming at it from the right place, it's not any kind of embodiment. It's just more, ooh, I got to get to enough while they're up here, not even breathing into their body, you know. So um, the embodiment brings me to another piece, which was sort of what you brought up in just our own beautiful uniqueness. It's an interesting paradox how it's like, yes, we are all one, but we empower the collective by shining our deepest truth, our most authentic, like soul and spirit aligned self. Mm-hmm. and living it out you know like we can all have you know enlightened moments sitting on a meditation cushion but are you bringing it into your life your emotions your feelings you know and it takes time so it's not a judgment path it's not a shame path and it's not usually a 
a path that has a da -da -da trajectory, it's an ongoing practice. I seek to embody my soul. I seek to live from soul. And, you know, that's something where owning that and just knowing that there's always going to be more layers, just relax back into the piece of your sacred identity. You know, that's really what it is. And then your motivations start to shift and change. And um, it's interesting um, with the archetypal embodiment workshops that I hold. It's like a really subtle alchemy, but we all co-create the container. So I have one coming up um, at ceremonial um, June 4th in the tree house. And we are going to reconcile Athena and Medusa. <laughs> now, this is no, oh um, no small thing. Nikki, I and just pulled her. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. This is synchronicity. Oh, this is a crazy synchronicity. Um, so Medusa is her yeah, it's one of girl, my but I just told her, I said, I bet Athena would be able to help you a lot. And then here you are. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I can't get over this. Because, well, you know, how usual. That's what my spirit <laughs> has to say. How usual, you know. Um, so the archetypes are amazing. Whether you, you view them as inside of us or outside of us, the only true answer is both, right? Yes. And they have the full gamut of um, attributes. They don't just say, oh, Athena's merely the goddess of wisdom. She's also kind of like, um, she's kind of like internalized patriarchy. and She's their mascot in her less than stellar vibes. And uh, Medusa, she isn't always just a victim and an angry one she also offers that protection and she can carry that venom you know that we might justifiably have and help us put it toward a better thing and this would take me so long to try to um explain this workshop but really it's all about empowerment because you know there's this big sister wound and this is open to you know any genders anyone who wants to work with these energies because we all have them and you know it's not supposed to be a sister wound. It's supposed to be sisterhood. And that's talking about those energies in all of us. They don't need to be against one another, you know, because we all tend to internalize patriarchy and it's not good for anyone. And we can get in there on that subconscious level and make these shifts, you know, by doing this all together, like a moving meditational shamanic journey, because these energies can be manifest in a dormant state within us. They can be distorted or developing and then they get to the level of divine but a distorted um athena is someone who's like definitely putting down your efforts and calling you evil and you can just kind of feel into that and um you want to bring out the divine aspects of athena bright-eyed athena not the one blinded because she's influenced but the one who sees with the wisdom and the one who um uplifts and you know offers that container of wisdom growth and it's it's so beyond words though but i definitely highly recommend anyone interested in that at all june 4th and you can read more about the whole descriptions on a ceremonials website so yeah that's awesome yeah, well, definitely i talked a lot yeah well, no, no it's no phenomenal we love hearing you yeah, talk yeah yeah wow um, so when you do this, are do you are you calling in the energies of Medusa and Athena, obviously? Yes, but I'm glad you asked that because what comes up is your Medusa and your Athena. You know, it's not, oh, this is what Nikki thinks about this and that and follow along, kids. It's not that. We're co-creating this container as souls seeking to grow and these energies within and without us, yes, we call them in and they, there's like, I have goosebumps because there's like an alchemy on the unconscious level. It, because it's embodiment we use breathing uh, movement sound touch 
energetic intention, visualization, and all of it together to tap in. And sometimes it feels really intense. Um, and sometimes it's more like a subtle unfolding that like keeps going. And, um, you know, it's different for everybody really. And you don't have to be like a master visualizer or any of that. You just have to bring your curious open heart. Mm, love that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds really good. So, um, okay, there you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll make it tongue tied. Um, <laughs> earlier, we were talking about your, it's the soul wisdom. You're embodying the soul. You're moving from the soul. Mm-hmm. And I, other words for that, for I interpret that is you're moving from your authentic state and you're embodying the true authentic nature of your being. Mm-hmm. And we all are of service to the world by doing that. And it's how yeah. can we get to that point? How can we embody that? portion of us it's like you know starting by um saying i'm enough as i am right now that's like the most empowered state to start from there's nothing to fix it's just um gently uncovering an exploration you know a curious excited interested endeavor of seeking to know thyself squared cubed you know it's uh it's never ending um uncovering like embodying that and archetypes and those correspondences have been the most powerful thing for me in shifting those that religious trauma that I carried. You know, I was like, like sitting right here, I have take no shit rebel, right? Mm-hmm. She, I can't keep coming from that because then I wouldn't be able to communicate and connect with people. I'd be pissed off no matter how rightfully. So I've given her a new job of sacred rebel, you know, um, therefore it's like, if I'm going to be feeling that it's going to be about important things, you know, not the past where I was like an, a disempowered child or whatever, but how can I empower others? Where can I authentically place my energy that might uplift, you know, just to the best of my ability, make it worth something, you know, make it, if I could have any one person, um, you know, read my story. The book is called, um, goodbye, Jesus. I've gone home to mother. It's by Oberon Zell, who was the first publicly referred to pagan. Um, <clears throat> just a series of essays from, you know, former Christians who became pagan. And you can see there, you know, I could have turned out a lot worse is what I'm mm, saying. Mm. And, you know, just by the grace of other people's mentoring and, and, you know, being their truth, maybe I can inspire some 12-year-old. Who knows? Or 42-year-old yeah. or 80-year-old. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds really good. That I know people really who would really like yeah. that book. Um, I also love um, the Sacred Rebel. I think that's a really cool concept because it's mm-hmm. it's okay to have that energy, but like when it's done in a yeah. like I don't want to say constructive. Yeah, yeah. So mm. it's like sacred still. It's not. Uh, I don't know. It's like we're talking about shame and stuff like that. It's it's channeling the energy in a more yeah productive manner instead of tearing exactly. Yeah. It's, um, so it's almost like the difference between having a unconscious trigger that gets you there, like, oh God, and you have to like spend hours getting yourself out of it. Well, that's personal experience sometimes, you know, dysregulating the <laughs> system and all, yeah. right? But then there's something that I didn't coin this term and I forget where I heard it, but mystical triggering. And that is where you see things that just need to be shifted for the good of all. And that's a mystical trigger. Hey, you know, whether it's human rights violations or something more close to home, you know, that kind of thing that's mystical triggering where it's like, hey, on a soul level, this is must be adjusted. And that's where that rebel energy is not only acceptable, but it is absolutely needed, you know. And that's like me having that North Node in Aquarius. I really have to own my weirdness. I have to just be the one doing the thing that other people aren't doing, you know, my whole life. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes I'm a couple steps ahead. I'm not the only one by any means, but just by owning that and not worrying about the effects of it, it sort of like paves the way or like a way shower archetype. If if I could own that in any way, you know, I seek to, um, you know, use me, use me to open up these doors for the next wave, even if it's generations from now. Yeah, yeah. And that placement's very much about taking the Leo leadership energy from your past lives Mm -hmm. and but doing it for the collective, like doing it for everybody and being of service. Um, So it's really cool. And it can be a chat. I I believe it can be a challenging placement as well, coming from that um, Mm -hmm. very like that Leo um, star center of attention, but being on you into moving it outward for everybody so do you remember any of your past lives where that energy was like the leo energy on stage yes yes um (laughs) i was a i was a famous semi-famous in my time uh musician and composer okay you know red velvet cloak (laughs) i'm not saying anything else but um you know and i have done lots of stage performing and acting and all that but i'm not interested in acting Performer archetype, yes, but I don't want to be other people, and I don't really want to do it for the sake of it. I can enjoy it, don't get me wrong, Mm -hmm. but there's something more that's trying to unfold beyond just being like, hey, you know, I got my red velvet coat on, whatever. You know, you can feel what I'm saying, the difference between allowing yourself to shine and, and like, letting it shine you. Yes. And being in that Christian um, family, I wasn't definitely uh, discouraged from shining in any way possible. You know, it's really um, toxic, like the hatred of women for women in mm. that tradition, mm. you know, and by women. And, um, you know, it's it's a big, long conversation, but I'm all about removing that false conditioning of the scarcity that makes us buy into needing to compete with other women. You know, I know it happens with men too, but I'm here with my experience and it is the... The most disempowering thing, but more likely, most likely, most importantly, I mean, it's so empowering when women start empowering each other. It's exponentially, you know, influences the whole universe. I mean, I'm not even going to mince words. So come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely like um, women and like helping women, inspiring women. Like, like it's not a competition. I feel like as a a female, like there are certain things that our society kind of like instilled in us that we are not even consciously aware of. And I don't think men are either. I think it's gotten to that point um, because of just the way our structures are and religion and stuff like that. And then it's kind of like when you start unfolding, because it affects your self-esteem directly and your self-worth for women. Um, A lot of it is about what kind of girl are you kind of energy. Yeah, can't be too tough. Yeah, it's like contradictory stories that are being told um, (laughs) to girls growing up constantly. You're too soft, too tough. It's it's opposing like opposing theories, opposing stories. Yeah. Even when we go to, from gender, it's opposing. We're yeah. told we have to be nurturing and kind and and docile. Where a man's supposed to be tough, strong, mm-hmm. and assertive. And they're not able to express themselves in a certain degree, it's and they're so stifled. Powerful. Yeah, you know, you know those kind of toxic gender roles. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like when I tell people, it's all about some sort of union of those energies. Mm-hmm. You know within um and it's so beyond gender because to me 
feminine does not mean female and masculine does not mean male. We're all, you know, our own thing, no matter how we feel. Balance does not mean 50-50. It means authentic to you. Um, you know, you might authentically feel nurturing, but then you can kick ass when required, or you might authentically feel driven and, but you can be very nurturing when needed. That's the more empowerment thing, not an external directing mm-hmm. uh, mechanism. It's about having an internal locus of control. Um, but that locus is free of fear of conditioning. And then you're like, boom, the spirit is doing it. The natural me is doing it. And it doesn't matter, you know, what these people say my role should be. I'm just living it authentically. And that authentically will serve. It just will naturally serve um, and that's a beyond the words thing that can only be seen, you know, when shifts start happening. It's like, wow, I, the more I'm myself, the more I'm just like attracting the right opportunities where I don't have to try so hard to be something in order to achieve something. It's almost like your natural sacred isness does it. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that. a, that's an ongoing thing. You know, we all often feel like you take a step back or two steps forward and all that because we're humans and we're not supposed to be perfect. So. It's all that acceptance, too. And that's why shadow work is required, because you have to tear away all the projections and the falsities that you're carrying. So you can figure out who you authentically are. Right. And I did another workshop. It was called Shadow Work for the Magical Psyche, where we intentionally went into reclaim shadow gold, right? Um, And the golden shadow, as it were, because we don't always only repress unacceptable parts of ourselves, but we can repress parts of ourselves that were deemed unacceptable by family and influences, um, such as, you know, you might have a strict family and someone just a natural dancer, but they are no dancing, shadow gold, you know, pushed into the shadow. But if reclaiming these parts, we can reclaim talents, gifts, proclivities, you know, it's just by owning the whole spectrum of who we are, you know, and integrating the parts that you know, might not look pretty, but you can still tap into that when necessary because there are times in life and spiritual people don't always want to talk about the fact that sometimes you just got to show them teeth to get along because some people are going to push you. And it's not like all the time. I'm just saying you want to have your full strength on board for when you need it, you know, and by accepting your full truth and not judging um, yourself or, or seeking to push these away. These, these qualities. Um, and that's kind of complicated to explain. It's it's like, um, let's say I have a violent conqueror within. <laughs> You're not going to want that around too much, and, um, you know, but there might come a time when when you do, but he's given a different, I call him he, because uh, I know exactly who he is. Ew. But um, he, <laughs> he sits here and it's just like, he can be a protector and an eye out, not a reactor or um, a controller of how things go but if necessary to respond i hope it it never is but you know you want to have some of that online for when you need it you know it's almost like well in the original star trek in the enemy within when captain kirk is uh, split into two they called it the bad kirk and the good kirk but by the end of the episode you realize that the bad kirk contains his leadership qualities and the the good kirk you know contains his compassion i mean you know he's mm-hmm. might seem timid in some ways too and ineffectual so they're both good and bad facets and so i just really also espouse a both and consciousness wherever possible instead of either or you know like you're either male or female you know and and in the ways that we are told that has to manifest you know what i mean you're either 
you know, at home or at work or, you know, all this other BS. And it's not just that. It just it gets into too much black and white and either or thinking that really is um, keeping us limited in what we can even visualize or attract to ourselves. We're all very layered. Yes. It's a kaleidoscope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we don't want to neglect each part that makes us who we are, but we often do because of trying to fit into certain molds, Mm -hmm. that type of thing, for sure. That's so interesting. And and sometimes, you know, it's it's a good thing to do to repress your urge to run a red light, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like you're not uh, judging yourself. You're not pushing that aspect of yourself away. You're just like letting it observe. It's like the more we try to push uh, those aspects of ourselves away, the more they come rushing back with a vengeance. So it's almost like I call it giving them a different job within the psyche. And that's just what I've learned, but it's kind of um, a personal journey. How do you do that? Well, Mm -hmm. that's your journey to talk to those parts of yourselves and see how it goes. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, embodying that energy and getting in there and including the body in your spiritual work i love the embodying that's very very important Mm -hmm. like yes you can know the knowledge but are you actually implementing it are you actually holding on to that right it's almost like are you going to um read a book about something and not do any of the exercises or are you going to do the exercises because that's the only way you're going to learn some of these things it's Mm -hmm. like um i've known people and myself included who might have read self-help books but never did the exercises <laughs> it's like yeah, that's kind of how we <laughs> approach our spirituality sometimes it's like oh i read about it i know about it i meditated on it but i didn't um you know get look at what's in the way of my living it with compassion and shift it a little bit more shift it a little bit more you know um it's definitely something to have self-compassion over, really is. So when you were 15, you started, uh, well, you're 10, the, the, I'm sorry, the religion, you're like, this isn't for me. So when you're 15, how did that all go? Like, where did that take you from okay. 15 to now? Okay. Um, so let me start real quick. Between 10 and 15, I was getting really angry of trying to deal with all that. And heavy metal and Ronnie James Dio saved my life. Um, That sounds cute and laughable, but, you know, it was like an entrance into the numinous. And speaking of that, I was also reading Carl Jung. I was so drawn to reading it, even though I didn't really understand it. And uh, But I I came back to it, and then I like better the evolved, you know, things after what he had come up with, really on point. People want to dismiss him, but no, you got to go beyond that. Okay, so that was all happening between 10 to 15 and the the angry thing. But when I was 15, it was, um, I started working in a witchy herb shop, and just out of the blue one day, I told the owner, who was a cherished mentor and friend, in fact, saved my life, even though she'd be uncomfortable when I say that kind of thing, um, I just said off the the cuff one day. I'm into tarot cards. I don't even know why I said it, but she gifted me with the herbal tarot. And so I was learning all about the tarot and the symbology of herbs and um, essential oils. I'd be pouring oils. I learned about it all at once, like a hologram. Like, And it, that's how it stayed with me. But just being in her presence and uh, the cooler people I was meeting, it was just I needed to be outside of the sphere of the very limited 100 years behind the time style of Christianity that was causing me a lot of soul anxiety and angst frankly um so yeah it just just went from there you know and having that spiritual nurture is very important um and like being able to own it more and more and i was working at renaissance festivals and um you know just doing more and more readings and it just kind of evolved there you know and like sometimes i would feel in the dark and sometimes i would get another 
plateau and then another leveling up and it's just like so through all those years i see how we tend to get discouraged and get off our path big part of it is just like allowing rather than trying so hard but you have to go through that to figure that out too so you know (laughs) it's it's just uh seeking to have a relationship with your soul is really what it boils down to and i respect how different we all are like these modalities are not meant to all work the same on everybody like that's another thing that i i seek to adjust we're not supposed to all be the same we're not no, um no. that's disempowering it's everywhere like yeah. here's so and so's purse for you to copy i'm like what don't you have any self-respect why yeah. do you just like copy all the time be inspired is one thing that's in our nature to be inspired but you gotta weave your soul into it you know you yeah. know and it's like if you enjoy fashion that's a beautiful thing if you're like judging yourself for wearing last season's shirt maybe you need to take a look at you know the beliefs under there that's all i'm saying yeah no for no, sure yeah. definitely um so i so we you're talking about the goddesses and you brought up some of the greek pantheon do you work with the Greek pantheon. And I'm also bringing that up because you wrote, um, and you said it was an essay and a book about um, working with the Greek gods. Um, right. So the yeah. book is um, Modern Witchcraft with the Greek Gods. It's by Jason Mankey and Estrella Taylor. Um, and Estrella Taylor is like my one of my closest friends. We grew up, you know, kind of did intuitive witchcraft together, which was her book. And uh, she asked me if I'd like to write a little passage and uh, I, Persephone is something I really relate to um, because of my own. And I feel like a lot of people have that sort of thing where it's like they don't know how to claim that dark. And if you don't claim it, it's going to drag you there by your ear. You know what I mean? And it's empowering when you begin to do that with um, intent. So, yes, I um, I uh, do work with the Greek gods. And I also have others that come to me that I work with. Definitely Isis was probably my first one. Kali, another one. Um, see, they are appropriate for what I was going through, Kali especially, mm-hmm. you know. And, but then also I've felt like pretty much you name it, I've worked with them, you know, Bridget and Kiridwin and all that too. Even, um, I don't usually disclose it, but um, I've worked with voodoo spirits in the Loa, but that's not mm-hmm. something that I do publicly. In fact, that's yeah. the first time I ever said it publicly, but they helped me too with that inner strength and okay. protection required, frankly. Well, you're from New Orleans. So well, I I'm from, like, I lived there. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But I lived there for a really long time. And um, funny, I didn't even do the voodoo there. <laughs> I did it in Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just funny how, you know, something, and it's from a past life. I mean, it really okay. is, you know. It's like, oh, hey, there you are again. I remember working with you. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, like, that's cool to think about um, the spirits from your past life showing up again. Um, yeah, and some of them, it's like, it's interesting. I do syncretize spirits when they feel right. Sometimes it just doesn't feel right. But I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, never syncretize pantheons. It's like sometimes they syncretize themselves, thank mm-hmm. you very much. And, you know, some people are like, oh, you can't work with them because you're not of this ethnicity or whatever. It's like, you know, as long as I'm... Uh, if they're coming to me and my soul is in respect, that is allowed. And not to take away yeah. from, you know, how we, some people do it with disrespect and, and all that. So we don't like that, but we do like a both end of allowing these energies to have a place to be. And sometimes the right person to do it is the one who's right there. It doesn't matter who or what they are, you know, yeah. because and we're all up here above all that. Yeah. So it's all about energy and intent and what's in your heart. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's really interesting. Um, do you encounter when you do the past life readings? Have you, is that part of how you encountered a lot of these spirits? Um, did that like unlock anything? With the past life readings, it's different uh, guides and guardians. Okay. Okay. Um, more personal, I think, because um, with, the, with the exception of Hecate, which is there with me in all my magical endeavors or, you know, between the worlds or seeing, like she blessed me with expanded vision. She said, you can handle it, pow, and my like, head exploded. But this is like <laughs> one of those things that's beyond words, you know. Okay. But I do encounter spirits from that person's life oft times, not all the time. Usually the, um, when someone they knew who's passed in this life were also in that life, that's when they tend to come up during a past life reading. But um, do I encounter the divine archetypes? Not too much. I tap into them before I go to do a set of readings perhaps, but um, yeah, um, sometimes it's also, there's by necessity, part of it just has to remain a mystery. And I've had to allow that because I don't know. But my main philosophy is I shut up and talk. (laughs) When it's time to do the reading, I, you know, have had to basically, you know, get out of the way, but remain the ch- retain the open channel, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's very, it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. And I've, I'm so glad I've, I'm able to tune into the life that is relevant to the person at the moment. And that's why I draw three tarot cards for them to start the past life reading. That is my doorway into narrowing down the appropriate life with the patterns ready to shift the empowerment ready to happen. You know, I'm not just like, oh, you know, you perished on a mountain in Cambodia. Okay, next. I offer empowered practices, affirmations, perspectives, and everything to integrate that. Okay, that explains this, and I can do this to start the counteracting process. You know, um, I seek to empower with, mm-hmm. with these readings it's not just a parlor trick though i'm not saying it's never entertaining or interesting yeah by its very nature it's gonna be but um yeah i yeah. have people it's not a parlor trick and we're not all princesses darling some of us were a princess and a farmer you know i mean one thing um about past life learning about your past lives i think Sometimes we don't realize how hard it can be um, because it might not have been, if if it's causing problems in this life, you might have experienced some sort of trauma or something challenging and it can be hard. Like we've done regression Mm -hmm. before Mm -hmm. and um, the two that I did were hard. Like I was crying after um, I did it because um, of the experience I had. It was still like interesting but it's definitely not something to do for entertainment purposes. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, it's um, not always about how you died either. So it's just about like it's something that has made a continued energy signature. Like, oh, I, you, you need to open up your heart because mm-hmm. of this past hurt, you know, something like that. And um, though it requires bravery, it doesn't always like tend to like re-traumatize, but sometimes there's a little bit of that, you know, but that, that shouldn't really discourage people because it can only hurt you so much. Mm-hmm. And on another level, that wasn't you. That's just something that accidentally got in your backpack that you're born with and you can open it up and, you know, take it out, transform it, do whatever over time. You know, it's something about also just knowing it can be so empowering, just asking the questions to of your soul. Okay, now that I have this, what adjustments do I need to make? And let it tell you. Um, that's something we don't do enough is just trust that innate wisdom and that body wisdom. 
And part of that has to do with we need to get out what's in the way first, the uh, false conditioning, mm-hmm. get it out of the way more and more, the more we'll be able to trust right away. And then I want to bring up another point on the difference between a past life regression and a reading. Like people often say, oh, you do past life regressions. No, Um, past life regression is you're being taken in to view your past life. You're in a past life reading. I go in and I convey what I see to you. Um, Ideally, you'll get a reading after a regression, maybe if it's one on one. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk about that difference for the listeners. Yeah, thank you. Um, And is it? Can it be um, tough on you sometimes going there and helping people with some of those, um, some of their past lives? Well, I can't say I never cry. (laughs) I can't say we never cry. You know, I mean, sometimes it's been so very moving, you know, that I could almost um, get choked up thinking about it, you know. Mm -hmm. But it is hard on me in general. I have to do a lot of grounding and self-care. And I, being such a full-time I've had to be a mystic because if I don't own the archetype of the mystic, it's going to come out in some distorted form, most likely addict. Right. Okay. So um, I have to own it. I have to be it. And because I do it so much, I can't always accept social invitations. I can't always go out to a huge thing. So I have to tend to that energy. I have to go within. I have to replenish my own cup, you know? Yeah. And when it's a real yes, it's a real yes. But it's all about those boundaries. And that's another thing we're not taught, you know. We're so we're given all these shoulds that we should do. And then you have to start to discern, is this should actually resonate with me? Or is this just something that's going to deplete me with not enough of a return, mm-hmm. you know. And even if it's something I would love to go do, if I have to replenish myself, I have to honor that. And that's just um, the way it is when you work with deep energies. One thing you did mention that I caught, you were saying how if you weren't the mystic, um, it would be expressed in a toxic way. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you, not necessarily your personal story, but how, like, if we're not authentic, it can be distorted, maybe? Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, yes, it's something I had to own. And I was having personal problems of trying to, you know, be myself. Owning that particular archetype does not have a lot of support in this mm-hmm. society. You mm-hmm. know, I have like um, the moon and Pisces and the 12th house and all that kind of stuff. You know, you don't have a lot of support for the kind of wisdom that you can offer. So it doesn't come online as easily, right? Mm-hmm. So speaking about uh, the similar thing that could apply to others, you know, if um, let's just say like someone who has the teacher archetype that really wants to come out, but they don't honor that, then then you'll find them like criticizing. Okay. You know, you'll find a distorted version of like the same energy um, in a way. And that's really a big thing what I work with, too, like um And that's one thing I want to touch on with the Medusa and Athena reconciling, you know, because some women can't stand another woman's empowerment. And it's like, Mm. it's that kind of thing. And we get in there and we, we might have unconscious levels of that ourselves and it creates a protection against that. And so that we don't let that keep us from shining because a lot of us do that. Oh, I won't have any friends if I'm shining my real light. Well, let them go. Let them fall mm-hmm. off like an old dead snakeskin because then the real ones um, have a space to come in, you know, because life is too short to be uh, worrying about other people think really. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because I'm 51 years old and I lived it. I was kind of living that when I was 12. However, it had a different motivation then. It was more like I'm going to be who I am no matter what and F you. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that 
might be appropriate now, but I'm just going to live who I am and do whatever I want because I don't really have much other choice if I want to be uh, embodied, empowered, and authentic. So Yeah. Because oh, yeah. when you're not authentic, it eats away. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I brought that up because in astrology, when you mentioned like your North Node, South Node, that's one of the things if you don't embody your North Node energy, it's expressed in a toxic way. So you start, but you're getting the South Node, like that South Node, you'll still be moving in and then it becomes very toxic. So I'm a Virgo South Node, Pisces North Node. And if I don't embrace those Pisces qualities like spiritual and art and that type of thing, I'll get start getting all those like horrible aspects of virgo coming through um so it's it can be like an ocd almost yeah 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 for sure yeah they said i'm very like picky and um which is something that really helped me on my path um because that's how it is i feel like sometimes it's hard because it feels like you shouldn't be that energy like who you know there's like you said there's resistance in some form it's like a mountain in front of us, but it's like our responsibility to climb that mountain. It's mm-hmm. not, we're not supposed to try to avoid the mountain. That's not what it's about, you know? And yeah. if somebody just dropped you at the top of the mountain, you wouldn't have the strength you developed, the wisdom and the knowledge that can only come from personal gnosis. Mm. You know, that's why spiritual bypassing doesn't work. And I love stillness meditation practices and yoga and all those things that people call new age or whatever. But when it's marketed and practiced and things like all you have to do is be 100% positive all the time, that hurts people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but I cannot get beyond that behind that good vibes only thing, you know, good yeah. vibes only at this party tonight. Hell yeah. But uh, you know, you have to have a space and a place to be safe, to be sensitive, to be messy, to be real. Uh, you know, when discerning, you know, when to leave the room and go someplace else, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to be one of the chronic complainers and only identifying with, you know, a victim archetype, no matter how justified you have to like compassionately get yourself to the place where it's like you own it, you feel it, but and not deny it, but yet don't identify with it and let it it's it's like I said, radical self-acceptance, man, you know, because all you can really do is do it and feel it. You can't avoid the going through the forest and not knowing part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that um, analogy you said. Um, we have to go up that mountain so we're prepared. Like you, they just, you just can't be like dropped. That's really cool. It's like that journey you're on to get there and accepting that journey, Um you know, to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's for you at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But I do think like, you know, we were talking about like, sh- like shadow work on that topic. It's only so far you can stay in that good vibes only energy before you are kind of taken to the underworld, you know, right. Yeah. And that um, is, that is so true. And it's so empowering because it's almost like a seed goes into the dark to be, mm-hmm. to germinate. So it's like that peaceful, sacred, mystical dark, you yeah. know, it's like the dark side of a cycle. And our whole society is not cool with that in every way. Like yeah. winter, ooh, death, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> darkness even, scary, woo. And, you know, there's reasons for that, of course. But on a mystical, symbolic level, by tuning into the good parts of the dark side of a cycle, not to say it's easy by any means, yeah. But having the courage and the bravery to maybe I'll interpret it a little bit different this time, a little bit different this time, you know. Um, but that brings up another thing that I've noticed that I have to touch on is people doing excessive sa- sa- shadow work, getting addicted to the process of processing, and they don't refill with their soul light. 
you have to refill with the soul light. You have to get the thing, even if you're you can't, even like I don't even, nothing inspires me. I feel terrible. Just let some sparkles come in anyway. Say, I don't know how to do this. Higher self, show me. I need to refill so that it isn't just my shadow taking all of my attention. So you can do light bypassing just as much as you know. I'm glad you brought that up. Um yeah. that is something that's not talked about. Um, staying in that like darker phase and like there, I always see it when you do go through that healing process, there should be like a rebirth at the end. So you go like, you know, journey to the underworld and your rebirth, like a Persephone, you know, or any, um, like a Nana or something like that. Like, um, there's this rebirth after, and then you should like work with that new energy and that new like revelation you have. I personally wouldn't want to delve back into that, but I can see why somebody would keep wanting to work this constant self-improvement. Yes. Fixing. Yeah. The fixing thing. Yeah. You know, and, and this is not to say that shadow work is one and done and Oh, yeah. in the dark filled with light. I'm done. It's like a, something like a cycle, just like it is with the seasons. And when Persephone's in the, in the underworld, she's still the radiant goddess of spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so just knowing that, hey, I might have all this, but it doesn't define me as anything that I need to judge myself as bad for. It's yeah. like these little maladaptive patterns is just my, you know, you most often childhood self trying to survive. So you got to love up those little aspects of yourself, you mm-hmm. know, even if it the, the cause of it was two weeks ago, you did the best you could, you know, because we're not perfect and we're not supposed to be happy all the time. That's like this other weird thing in our culture. It's like, oh, they're not happy. It's like, and smile. It's like, okay, I can give you a fake smile now or you can wait 90 seconds for a real one, your choice. You know, it's yeah. like, it's really, especially from what I've gathered, especially in America. I mean, I don't know all about that, but it's this whole thing. It's like constant cheer and smiling. And it's like, it's just mm. so much better if we let that be real and it means more, you know? Yeah. But, yeah um, I was listening to somebody um, talk about, I think it was like a TED talk. Um, and they were saying it's okay to have like, contentment kind of thing where you're just like a neutral and most people are just in a very neutral place but we tend to like go extreme sometimes like force ourselves like like you were saying I need to smile all the time but it's okay to just kind of be sometimes you know without having to and do it there's nothing wrong with uh, chasing feeling good it's part of our human nature nothing wrong with avoiding feeling bad to a point because if we don't even even with physical pain we could adjust things that are creating disease a little bit more by just paying attention to the messages of the pain. But that's a whole nother conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and which brings me to my other concept of the sacred isness. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not always a whole lot of scrambling to be doing. It's like falling back into the sacred isness. Now, you know, releasing thoughts of the past, concerns of the future, and just What's the sacred isness of now? And that's not always an easy thing to get to, but it's it's a wonderful and inspiring guide when you're, you know, find yourself in fixing, 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 mm-hmm. healing. I gotta heal this and that. Some things, okay, this is gonna be hard. Some things are never healed. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is, uh, depending on the trauma. But it is something that can be mm, almost owned for greater wisdom. Or like that uh, Japanese word, Kintsuge, I believe it is, where a vase breaks and then they paint all the cracks okay. with gold and put it back together and it's prettier than it was before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's like hidden gifts in these uh, brokenness and yeah. wounds, you know, a lot of it is helping others. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you have that experience, you know what to do 
to how, just energetically yeah the opening yeah. in the space of um it's like using the archetype of chiron the wounded healer which i i feel like i i've something i'm seeking to do you know um <clears throat> so that i'm just not feeling like a victim I'm, I'm just embodying the energy of okay then this is part of who i am it's part of the journey it's part of what i came in to help me break the cycles yeah you know. some of the experiences that we have to go through have to push us in the right direction even if it hurts right like there's and, a purpose know, we, to a lot of things you don't always heed it either yeah mm. yeah mm -hmm. don't like what did i learn from this or who did i become and appreciate who you are on the other side right you wouldn't be you mm -mm. Right. Yeah. you know and it's okay if you have to go through feeling bitter to get to somewhere but if you mm -hmm. live in the bitterness then you're not done and you need to uh adjust you need to move your energy instead of uh you know feeling bitter um that this happened to me or if you find yourself oh going back in time and shifting stuff get your energy back to now because mm -hmm. um fantasizing about that is not the thing to do fantasizing is to inspire where you're being pulled to next where your future self wants to yeah. bring you next you know not i wish i could have done that because i'm ruined now mm -hmm. and, and i a lot of my clients i i really have to show them that hey this is where energy leak is happening a lot of times they're like wow yeah, you're right. I just bring a call back all that energy and put it toward my authentic power because I'm disempowered back there. It's done. Call back that energy to the areas where I can affect things along the lines of authentic power, which is in the highest good of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way that like you put that, like how many people are fantasizing about the past instead of like yeah. the good that can be created. Um, yeah. I would love your take on um, the con people uh I'm trying to I have like a lot going on in my mind right now <laughs> like <laughs> I'm trying to express to you <laughs> so I read a book by Miriam Williamson on forgiveness mm -hmm. and um the what is your take on the concept of that I like idea of just like forgiving 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 to move forward um do you think that that helps process things or I can only give you my own personal take Okay. okay, this not does not apply to everyone. But to say, oh, you immediately have to try to forgive, that's BS. Okay. And it can be invalidating to your experience and to those experiences, you know, especially the 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 more difficult they are. Now, this is brings up another tricky um concept, acceptance. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you don't get there like that. And can acceptance is not condoning. Acceptance is not wasting your emotional energy past the absolutely necessary processing point in letting it define you moving forward and like i said like that's all the compassion needed for that window of time where you can't accept it because you're still uh, in it right mm -hmm. but you if that's gone on too long and you know it you know it when it's like because i'll offer a personal story where i had the biggest challenge you know i hated my grandmother and maybe i still do on some level okay mm -hmm. because she was just such a bully in the name of jesus right but i also see how she tried to love me to the best of her ability and uh she wasn't here to do the work she wasn't here to break the cycles mm -hmm. it took me a long time she couldn't have done it any differently and that's hard to accept it also accepting that is like well and it's hard to say it gave me strength because I chose to develop it on some level or I didn't have any choice if I wanted to survive on a higher level, if I wanted to thrive, that is, instead of survive. So acceptance will help you thrive rather than merely survive. And so I had to just be like, you know, I, I see what her trauma was 
and she didn't have whatever it was uh, to transmute that. She passed it on to the next generation, and that BS stopped with me. Okay, mm. you know, mm. my, yeah. my my child does not deal with that, and I have my transgender son. Right, mm -hmm. beautiful soul, so much happier now, and that's yeah. just the yeah. way it is. Yeah. And if you don't accept someone uh, who you love on that soul level, what is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. yeah, I'm breaking cycles, baby. Boom. <laughs> yeah, I like the um, term like acceptance over forgiveness as well. Um, because forgiveness feels like like it's like they're getting away scot-free or something like I don't know. It just doesn't feel like. A complete like thing it kind of um i don't know i don't know how how Especially it's how it's foisted on us to do that oh you do that you'll feel so much better well i'm just going to tell you personally it feels like it feels like a hole with my emotional energy leaking out mm -hmm. whereas you know if i own hey that's not really forgivable yeah it's more honest that way i think yeah you know i don't have to forgive no. you. and sometimes the forgiveness will come organically over time or not that's not actually the point. Um, acceptance is far more empowering, and that also can't be rushed. It's yeah. It's just more about owning it, just striking that balance between owning and not denying it, and not wallowing and identifying with yeah. that, you know the traumatic thing. And that's um, you know trying to strike a balance between those two is a lot of part of the healing path, the deep inner work, you know, of trying to excavate the unconscious and make the shifts toward wholeness type deep inner work, you know, which is what I've had to be about. I've had to be a trauma informed counselor at this point mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because otherwise, I mean, that's why I like to get in the body because a lot of old stuff is stored in there. So we do somatic practices. Like I also offer one-on-one -on -one archetype embodiment workshops uh, online based on your reading. Mm. Um, you know, so it's like a half hour reading and then a half hour workshop where we get in there and, wow. you know, or more sometimes. Yeah. More. But, you know, that's the best way to get in there, work with the vagus nerve, your gut health and all that stuff will affect these things in tandem with spiritual practices and, um, you know, that radical self-acceptance and knowing that you're more than whatever your trauma and your, mm -hmm. you know, upbringing is and just yeah. getting some of that shame transmuted. Mm -hmm. to you know knowledge and wisdom we don't the shaming thing except where extremely warranted is overdone and it's very detrimental to our all of our um ability to shine truth for the collective so mm -hmm. yeah shame and fear are like yeah the two things i feel really do a number on us and sometimes I, like we absorb things we don't even realize that that's what that is and um, you know, somewhere came from. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. There's this other point that isn't talked about too much. We have this tendency to, oh, get rid of my anxiety, get rid of my fear. That is information. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like having a personal inquiry with your fear and with your anxiety to use that to figure out, <laughs> okay, so where you're being triggered, that's triggered, that's where your healing has to be, you know. And that doesn't mean you don't take actions to, you know, if you're having debilitating anxiety to adjust that, but do it mindfully with like, okay, I'm really, really higher self. I don't know how, I don't know what I'm doing, but how do I get the message from this anxiety? How do I get the message from this fear? And we're not supposed to be free of fear, but it's supposed to be gui a guidance. Mm. You know, that's just part of how we evolved, you know, when some, something's weird, something changes, that could be a threat. So we're wired 
to almost like toward the negative in that way, but we don't have to interpret it that way. Um, it's kind of hard to explain uh, transforming fear into empowerment, mm -hmm. but you know, it's like, hey, that's like my, my self-preservation kicking in. And anxiety is like a loop of a first attempt at self-preservation, uh, mm -hmm. but it kind of becomes like the motivation doesn't match after a while. So it's like a loop or it's like, it doesn't any longer have the source that it had. So it needs to be looked at, it needs to be gazed at, examined, you know, without self-judgment. So mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's the piece. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think that's really interesting to connect with your higher self and ask, what does this mean? Like, why am I having these, you know, this anxiety or fear that's like looping? Right. Um, and then to see what it tells you. Yeah, and yeah. you don't you don't always get an answer. The power mm -hmm. is in asking. It creates the connection, so that then boom. Sometimes some wisdom just comes forth. Um, it's rarely ever well, uh, little self. It's this. <laughs> it's it's like it's creating a space for the inspiration to hit from a mysterious place because it is mysterious, and ninety nine percent of who we are is unseen, and we have so much more that we can tap into that is. The age of Aquarius ushering in, doors are opening, people are more interested in things that um, are beyond just ego gratification and, you know, ooh, look at my new Gucci bag and all that. Yeah, sure, that's cool, that's fine, not making anything bad, but more is coming, more uh, like light codes of knowledge are going to be available, and just by having these simple dialogues opens doors. Mm -hmm. It opens doors and you don't have to know how things happen for them to yeah. be beneficial to you, you know? Yeah. yeah it's really, really cool. Um, that's a, a great recommend. I'm going to start talking my higher self more. Yeah. I was going to say, like, <laughs> I usually default to guides asking my guides, yeah. like, can you please yeah. explain why this is happening instead of sourcing to that? Yeah. yeah. I do both. And you know, yeah. both get them all in there. Like, oh yeah. my God, help me. Yeah, you help know? me figure this out. <laughs> I'm this cute little human. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I always Instead say of saying, I'm, I'm this bad the... human for not knowing what I'm doing. No, I always say I'm in the physical world. Like I need assistance now. <laughs> like right now, I know I trust my timing, but sometimes I need to answer like as soon as possible, please. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's like sometimes sometimes they're like lightning, and sometimes it's an organic unfolding. And the more we just have to like trust that organic unfolding. Uh, but, you know, not to ever insinuate that anything I've suggested is meant to be easy. It's like I said, it's a path. So it's like, you know, a path with heart. There's a lot that um, our teams can really like help us. They can guide us. And sometimes I don't even realize that they're taking us on a path and like, like journaling, um, you know, with meditation, dream stuff like that, you can see this like story unfold sometimes with all these like little pieces. And it's so interesting how they work that it's, just a subtle, like, you know, like help. And before you know it, it's, you know, manifests a certain way or you receive information like the aha moments. And oh. it's very powerful, but like, I think a lot of us disregard that divine assistance because it's not instant or in the way we want it to be. Like we want to hear like a clear voice or have a vision or something like that. And um, it's not always like that. Right. And the more you like seek to create the connection, the more that thing can happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is like, it is 
funny, like you said, you can go back and look and it's like, oh, wow, that led to that. If I hadn't listened to that, I wouldn't have got this. And it's mm -hmm. like really interesting to look back, like when you journal and see the unfolding of something or to see, um, it's really gratifying to see. It's like, wow, that really would have triggered me a lot worse two years ago than it does now. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound good, but yeah. I'm, I'm kind of right here with it. I'm not yeah. going down the full path of full triggeredom or whatever it is. You know, I'm a little bit more um, just like observant of it, but yet still embodied. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like we don't want to be like we're transcending human existence. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. To tap into that as a practice from time to time. Yeah, that's definitely helpful, but it's not enough, which it's just another way. Um, in, in my opinion, it's patriarchal spirituality, even if it's Buddhism, Hinduism or whatever, even though those are parts of my path that I enjoy very much, especially the sacred isness. It's very Zen. And I do love that. But I zen right in my own cells. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so This has been such an interesting conversation. Yes, um, but I wanted to touch on um, one last thing. Okay. I, forgive me if I say it wrong. I, I apologize. Um, Tataria. Is that how you say it? Tatiara. Tatiara. I'm sorry. So uh, Tatiara is my name in mystical circles. And my website is tarawithtatiara.com. So um it is interesting how it came to me. I dug a crystal out of the earth in Arkansas and it had a little raised triangle on it. That's called a record keeper crystal. And it's like a 3D little mini tiny triangle. And traditionally those triangles contain the Akashic records. Okay. And um, I was just kind of meditating and doing yoga and the, the crystal kind of like blinked at me across the room. So I picked it up and the way it had like, just like a little um, edge where I put it on my third eye and it came out almost like a horn. That's how it was made on the edge was slanted. And I was just holding it like this and all of this. And I felt like I was somewhere else. And a voice said, you are Tatiara. Mm. And I swear it felt like it was a future life <laughs> on another planet. Wow. And I'm very woo. I don't usually go that far. <laughs> Oh, wow. But yeah, it, it, I like the way it sounded. And I also used it as my stage name uh, at the Renaissance Festival, Fairy Princess Tatiara. I'm like, that sounds good for that medieval kind of thing, too. You know? <laughs> I love it. Tatiana. I don't know why it was so hard for me to say it. <laughs> it is for everybody. Or they say Tatiana yeah. or Tatiera. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I said. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's because it's another worldly name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kept feeling that, like... Yeah, that little voice in your head kept saying, ask her about the Akashic records, but I like was ignoring it because I didn't think it was like relevant, relevant. but now I realize it, that was why. <laughs> so I can only surmise that it has something to do with my leveling up that happened in my psychic abilities. Um, so this was already 20 years ago, that part of having that name, that was like 20 years ago, um, 23 to be exact. And also, I was going through my Saturn return. It was a very intense time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I felt like I saw all the Akashic records at once. And it was like, everything is everything. But do I consciously tap into them when doing past life readings? Not that I know of, no. Mm -hmm. But I think it's happening. And that's okay. so I do know that that has something to do with it. But I don't know. Some people, readers I know, they're like, oh, I go through this 
Akashic Records. I don't know how to do that, but I know that I saw them and okay. some kind of transmission or activation happened. But um, I don't know how to consciously tap into them, yeah. per se, you know. So interesting. But I think it has something to do with the past life um, knowledge that comes to me and being able to sift through, according to the person's energy in front of me, whether it's video or not, what life is relevant. And the cards will say it. And I, before they even ask me where they want guidance, whether it's tarot or past life reading, I give them my pure three card message first. I don't want to know anything. Mm. Then you ask me after that. And almost always it taps right in. That's so, amazing. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It yeah. gives them insight without the, you know, it's more of a pure message from my point of view because I don't know if they want to know it. I could just say it. So, mm-hmm. and then we, they ask me, you know, where they want insights if they want. They don't have to after that. So, like, um, the crystal you said was like a record holder, like a record keeper. keeper. That's what they call it. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, I wonder if that was kind of, were you doing the past life readings around that time? Uh, um, I was on a bit of a hiatus from all that. Yeah. I was doing more tarot readings, mm-hmm. um, but that was part of my owning it a little bit better. Cause like I said, that yeah. one was more challenging to say, mm-hmm. Oh, I do past life readings. Yeah. You know, and it's, yeah. um, takes that kind of bravery to stand out and be the, uh, but that's what I have to do yeah. and now. I like it. Yeah. So, um, owning it fully, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it was, a, it was a period of a weird hiatus where the Saturn return was bringing up my, who do you think you are kind of vibes Mm -hmm. that I had to work through my own shadow work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Crystal's almost like symbolic because you are kind of like, like you said, you weren't consciously going into the records, but you are kind of like pulling out these like stories and stuff like that for people. So like, to me, it sounds like it's this very symbolic, you know, thing that you have especially when you were going through that period, that rough time. It's really cool. Like, it's like a reminder. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you put it that way. Oh, that, thank you for putting it that way because that makes it mean more to me. Because, you know, I don't necessarily make the connection like that, but yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, a good way to so rationalize it. Yeah. yeah, I think that's like, that's like beautiful. <laughs> like, hey. yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I still had the crystal. I, my roommate gave it to someone back in the day. Like, <sighs> And then someone else just said it was time for it to to move on. Yeah. Like, but I dug it out of the earth myself. <laughs> but oh well, you know. They moved to like maybe you you are doing what you were supposed to do with that like crystal, and now and I can still tap into it. Yeah, yeah, and you have this name that you carry with you from that experience. Um, yeah. With the expanded vision that Hecate has provided for you, how does how does that does it make it challenging for you to move through the world? Yeah. Okay. So you know. I want to communicate and connect with people. That is something that I want to do. But I also have to, um, like another shadow side of Aquarius, is almost like a looseness or remote or, or something like that. Um, and I, I kind of have to do that sometimes. I have to just um, sort of shut down from people's impressions that they're giving off, I guess you could say. But I, um, when I sit down to do readings, I purposefully open up these expanded ways of it's almost like they throw the Akashic records at me I don't know who but yeah um but there are times because I'm so highly sensitive you know I'm highly sensitive person I'm an empathic soul but I turn it into a blessing that's the intention I say during my uh moving meditations I turn it into a blessing I know what isn't isn't mine I'm strong boundaries with permeable membrane where I call in just the right people just the right energies just the right situation and I go on and on through that um but yeah, sometimes I just have to walk away from certain influences or I have to have the TV turned off or it's true that sensitivity can be um, 
doesn't seem like a blessing because our world can be so loud and so full of stimuli coming at you. I have to discern when it's time to go within, like I was saying before. But um, I always make sure that when I go somewhere, I have the ability to leave. Mm-hmm. Like, like I got invited to do this little retreat in Peru kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because um, I have to be able to leave if I don't like people or, or something. I like that. I don't yeah, like I love it. it. <laughs> yeah, I need to be able to leave. That is like, that's really like my life on it. Yeah. And you know, I'm a master of the Irish goodbye. If you do buy, invite me to some party and I come, I too. I'm probably going to give you the whole Irish goodbye. <laughs> and I'm more than half Irish. So, hey. <laughs> It's a pleasure talking yeah, to you, Nikki. I, I really know. appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. This is conversation was really beautiful. Yeah. And you have so much knowledge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. So much knowledge. Like I'm inspired. I'm like, it's like thank I you for being start. amenable and open to uh, you know, like a, I try to offer certain things, even if they're not new. I try to offer them in a new way. But thank you for the good bounce back and the good container for me to like, you know, that type of listening with the heart I can feel it it helps my ideas form and so I just really appreciate the space where I can um, share these ideas and I appreciate your openness and the shiny little thing I see up there on both your heads oh <laughs> there I'm she so goes glad I met you we, I'm so glad we met you yeah oh yeah, yeah definitely um and you know so there's this um I've noticed when we talk to people who um, do a lot of like healing work, they just have that going on all the time, even if they don't realize it. And like, they like say things that resonate. So like a lot of the stuff you talked about are things that I'm actually like working through. Like I mentioned earlier, like with Aphrodite and like the um, self-love and stuff like that and shadow work. So it's cool. Like how the universe is like constantly teaching and guiding and like aligning, um, people to it and uh i don't know i always notice that and then there's like this energy that like the healers tend to kind of like radiate where yeah like when you end the conversation you're like i think I feel great now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like i don't know because uh, we've talked to a variety of guests and i know we've noticed that with certain um individuals guests, yeah, yeah that do do a lot of like helping people like work through and process things and stuff like that um there's just something something there like i don't know like a gift or something it's divine yeah yeah it's like, <laughs> And, and it goes both ways because it's like, you know, I'm 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 helping to heal people, help them heal themselves. But I'm still constantly, you know, always healing something, but it's not fixing. You know, I'm letting the light do it. So, yeah, in that sense, it is always happening. And um, the ones who resonate with that will pick up on it because it reflects what's um, coming up in them and is, is growing in them um, and it's ready to grow and expand. And if you didn't have that you wouldn't even notice so you know it's something that can connect us all and we have different um levels of readiness to perceive that kind of energy so you know thanks for seeing that type of thing because that means that you're that way too (laughs) (laughs) would would you like to mention anything any social media websites before we any any takeaways um, um, you know, you can get a reading from the comfort of your own home by going to www.tarowithtatiara.com. That's tarot or past life or optional um, workshop or essential oil, all that. I have various uh, personal appearances around Pittsburgh and sometimes beyond, and that's all on my link tree. 
And Tara with Tatiara is my handle on my link tree, Facebook and Instagram. But I would highly suggest uh, looking at that to see, you know, perhaps any upcoming events resonate. And I have all my podcasts on there, my essential oil descriptions that I sell um, in person for now. And, you know, if you want to see more about what I'm on about, you could go to the link tree and it has everything. So, okay. Awesome. And we'll have a link down below. Yeah, we'll have all of it linked for Appreciate us. that. Yay. All right. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.